Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week, we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. I'm Shannon. And I'm Alex. Yay! Welcome back, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's always good to have you on the show. It's always a good time. Yes. <laughs> Favorite song. Um, I'm sorry, is that, is that, do we have to bleep that? <laughs> Copyright issues? I think we'll be okay. okay. Before we get into this week's topic, which is the, uh, the main reason you are here, Alex, uh, <laughs> I do have a couple of updates to share. The first is an email, which is from friend of the show, Catherine. Always good to hear from you, Catherine. She wrote in about our favorite sci-fi novels. She says, hi, favorite show friends. It warmed my heart to hear you mention some Star Wars novels. When I saw the topic of today's episode, the first thing that popped into my head were the Star Wars books. In the early slash mid-90s, I was obsessed with these novels. My favorites were some that you already mentioned, Courtship of Princess Leia and the Thrawn Heir to the Empire trilogy, and then some by Kevin J. Anderson, the Jedi Academy trilogy, and the Truce at Bakura, or Bakura, I don't know that that place at all, by Kathy Tyler's. Tired. Ooh, I'm messing all the names up. Uh, I consumed as many Star Wars novels as I could. Back then, we only had three original movies, and I still considered these my canon and was heartbroken when Disney slash Lucasfilm ignored these events. <laughs> you know what? Head canon, heart canon, I'm I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to interject, or I guess, sorry, I'll Do just in, real Please. quick. <laughs> uh, there were some really good stuff back then, I agree, but also there was some really bad stuff in that old <laughs> canon universe. I read a lot of them too. But yeah, there, may, there may have been a few weird things in there too. Yeah. <laughs> she says, I also wanted to shout out Stephen King's The Stand. Leave it to Catherine to bring in Stephen King. Mm-hmm. While not traditional sci-fi, it is a dystopian tale about a world where a deadly virus has escaped from a lab and killed off 99% of the world's population. The people who are left divide into two factions, one led by Randall Flagg in Las Vegas that are out to cause trouble and do bad things, and another led by Mother Abigail in Colorado that are trying to rebuild and live in peace and harmony. It's an epic story and one I highly recommend and not too scary. Thank you. That is pointed at me. <laughs> uh, can't wait for next week, Catherine. Thanks for uh, thanks for emailing in. We always always happy to hear from you. Yeah, I'm glad to, there's a little note of not too scary because I see Stephen King and I look the other way because I know I'm going to be scared. So we'll try. It. Catherine knows her audience. Then again, not too scary for Catherine is probably still terrifying for me. So there's a there's a scale here. Catherine has built up an immunity to scariness. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only email I have. I do have an update about anime episodes, sort of. So, get this. Shannon, this is going to blow your mind. All right, I'm ready. So, do you guys remember the good old 1977 animated Hobbit movie? The yes. the, the Rankin-Bass one? I love that movie. I, I'm, I will not be ashamed of that, even though it's real weird. I love it. It's a great movie. So... I was looking up online. Uh, Rankin-Bass was one of the first uh, animation studios that outsourced a lot of their hand-drawn animation, which actually is a very common thing now. Like even uh, like Futurama, uh, all of the actual physical animation is done by Rough Draft Studios, which I believe is Korean. But yeah, so it's com- It's fairly common now, but uh, Rankin-Bass was one of the first ones to do it. All their stop-motion animation, like their Rudolph, that sort of stuff, the Christmas stuff, that was all done in-house. But the hand-drawn animation was outsourced to a studio in Japan called Top Craft Company, or Topcraft LTD, so Topcraft Studios uh, in Tokyo. The studio was founded in 1972 by former Toei, T-O-E-I, how do you pronounce that, Shannon? Toei, Toei, I think. Uh, by former uh, animation producer with them, Toru Hara. They, Topcraft, are famous, uh, most famous for doing the animation for a little movie called Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. <gasps> 
Stop. So that was in 1984. In 1985, the company went bankrupt and the assets were purchased by a couple of young filmmakers by the names of Isa Takahata, Toshio Suzuki, and Hayao Miyazaki, which turned Stop. it into Studio Ghibli. And in fact, Toru Hara, who is the founder of the company, became Studio Ghibli's first manager. So while the 1977 <laughs> weird animated <laughs> Hobbit movie is not Studio Ghibli, it's like one degree away. It's but right it there. But it kind of is. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Crazy? I that's wild. I don't even remember how I I was I was doing research for stuff for the podcast, and I think later I just like was looking through these different links, and somehow I stumbled onto this, and I was like, "What is this weird connection?" So anyway, well, no, I that's so funny because yeah, I remember I looked up because like I had my list of anime movies, and we've talked about it before that sometimes when I start overthinking it, I forget everything <laughs> that I know and love, and so I looked up a list of like the IMDb's top 100 anime films or something. And The Hobbit was on the list. Like, it was the last one on the list, but it was still there. And I was like, huh, that's weird that that's there. <laughs> and that's where it ended. I'm so yeah. glad you looked it up. And so even though Rankin-Bass was an American company, like, yeah, Topcraft was the actual animation, which is a Japanese company that basically turned into Studio Ghibli. Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> and to tie it in one more level, the songs from that Hobbit movie were done by Glenn Yarbrough, which uh, I would feel like is an honorable mention for a folk singer. Uh, mm -hmm. So just to, just to tie that all together, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> anyway. That's all I got. Is your mind blown? <laughs> yes. Mine sure was. <laughs> I have an update and it's lame now. No. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. No, no. So I have a serial update and I love that we keep doing serial <laughs> updates. <laughs> There's those couple episodes we cannot get away from. Serial's one of them. So it's it's a it's a ploy to make more money, I'm sure. But <laughs> the other day we were at the grocery store and like there's a bunch of brands of cereal that are doing like mini versions. There's like mini cocoa puffs, mini fruity pebbles, nope, mini fruit loop, no. <laughs> tricks. Tricks. There it is. <laughs> it was one of those fruit ones. Mini tricks. Uh mini Reese's Puffs, and they also have many uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which mm. is weird because like they're all just like the little kibbles. They're not. They're they not. Look the, like our cat food. Oh, 100%. It looks like our cat food. <laughs> That's funny. There is something about them being mini that is so good. <laughs> I only want mini Cocoa Puffs from here it's on probably out. Probably the extra surface area or something Maybe. like that that adds more seat, like more of the flavors. Seasonings. Yeah, I bet that's really good. I'm gonna have to look it's for those. So good. So that's Man. all. So so mini cocoa puffs are maybe your favorites. Are the other ones also good though? They're all good. So far, I've had the tricks ones, and they were also very good. But cocoa puffs, I think, are it for me. That's amazing. I'm gonna look They're for these good. for sure. Uh, I have a uh, quick interjection. I should I should have sent in an email, but I forgot. You're good. You're here. Let's do it. For sci-fi books, a short one is just any of the Philip K. Dick short stories. Like I love those. They're really good, and like some of them are a five-minute read. They're like twelve pages long and that kind of stuff. Um, but a favorite book series of mine is the Red Rising trilogy. Uh, which has Red Rising, Golden Sun, and Morning Star. And they have just finally released, he he released a second trilogy um, in that series. And this is Pierce Brown, the author. But I haven't read that trilogy yet. But really cool future where it talks about terraforming other planets and this hierarchy system based on like colors, like 
you start out, you're following this red, and red are basically like low. They're the ones that terraform the planets, and they're they're kind of paving the way for all the other colors. And gold is like the highest tier. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool sci-fi uh, book series. Everyone should check it out. I totally forgot to mention those in my honorable mentions. I think because oh, have you read? Any? I have read the 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 trilogy. Yes, not the new one, but yeah, I read the other trilogy. It was very good. Yeah. If you did mention it, then I'm sorry, I just doubled up. I probably didn't. I can't remember. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I uh, didn't listen. I haven't listened to that episode yet. What? How dare you? Come you on this show. You just the moment <laughs> they came, came out? out? like three days ago. I'm sorry. I've been listening to, I've been listening to the new Brandon <laughs> Sanderson books right now. Okay, that's, that's Isn't one fair. of those a sci-fi? <laughs> Uh, yeah, technically, uh, Frugal Wizard's Handbook for Surviving Medieval England. Now, is... that's a title. Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. Uh, I just finished that one, and I guess that, that technically is a sci-fi, and it's very good as well. Nice. 10 out of 10. Check out that one. Very good. Well, cool. Any other updates you guys want to talk about, or should we should we get on with it? Uh, let's get into it. All this right. Alex has a lot to say. Yes. I mean, a lot of... A lot of content, but not very many words to say. That's that's fine. The reason Alex is here is because uh, this week's topic is our favorite PlayStation games. And you may notice uh, we went through all the different uh, Nintendo consoles, but we're not doing PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, etc. The reason for that is because pretty much nobody in our family has a PlayStation, or and none of us grew up with PlayStations. <laughs> we were definitely, as you could tell, a Nintendo family. I still don't have a PlayStation. I've never owned one. But Alex here is a playstation dude we gotta we gotta fix that Aaron. i know i need one i need to get one yeah but alex you're the playstation expert in the family so uh so welcome also we we like to have you here but <laughs> we needed yeah, we're like we what are we gonna do for video games and we're like oh we could do playstation none of us have anything to say <laughs> <laughs> so i actually do have a couple things to say but uh but yeah alex you're 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 guiding us on this one <laughs> uh you could you could even do like a sega uh, one because I played the Sega Genesis a lot growing up, but maybe I that could like... be the Alex Adam episode. That's uh, right. Did yes. Adam say he played Sega? I thought so. Oh, gotcha. I thought he nice. was. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was a Sega guy. Adam, you and me. <laughs> but yeah, so I actually I should have looked up some details about PlayStations. I, I neglected to do so. I do know PlayStation has for a long time been at the forefront of graphics uh, and and power in a home uh, gaming console. Uh, I know we've mentioned a lo- little bit about Nintendo consoles, how they weren't always the most advanced, but they were generally pretty innovative as far as, you know, features like, you know, the f- one of the first ones to have four controllers at once or the, you know, the Wii motion controllers or the hybrid thing with the switch or whatever you know that's always been nintendo's strength but as far as like just pure like brute force graphic quality the realism like playstations have pretty much always been kind of on the cutting edge and uh so uh it's not to say they don't have good games they have a lot of good games but that's that's definitely one of the big big bonuses of a, of a playstation also playstations for a while now have also doubled as blu-ray players so i know that's what a lot of people i know of uh they they don't even have to bother buying a blu-ray player because they already have their playstation that doubles up so that's cool yeah. <laughs> i'm realizing yeah we don't own a blu-ray player anymore we've always just done the playstation or streaming yeah nice playstation 2 still holds the top selling uh video game console of all time oh wow barely playstation 2 yeah 
I might be wrong with that. I think that is the first generation where they had the Blu-ray player. And that's kind of why. Oh. It's because you could either buy a PlayStation 2 for $100 or whatever it was at the time. Or you could buy a Blu-ray player for $100. And so that was like a big selling point for that. Interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah. Pretty cool. Also, shout out to PlayStation for naming their consoles in a way <laughs> yes. that makes sense. You know? Because like. Yes. <laughs> I mean, being Nintendo people. We can keep straight NES, Super Nintendo, 64, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, Switch. But to someone on the outside, I just said a bunch of words. <laughs> Xbox <laughs> gets last place in naming things. Oh, they're My terrible. Xbox One is somewhere in the middle. I don't know. But PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. <laughs> Yep, and the, and the PlayStation Portable. Yes, that's right. Even Let's that keep one. It. Let's keep it simple. Yes, good job, Sony. Well done. I should say that PlayStation is owned by Sony. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they did a good job. Well done. I also will say this: something about the form factor staying very much the same, like. You know, like we said, Nintendo is always very innovative. You know, with the Super Nintendo, they added the shoulder buttons, and the 64 had, like, the weirdest controller ever, like the Wii remotes, all that sort of thing. It's always, like, trying to find something new and cool to do. There is something to be said for a PlayStation controller that is essentially unchanged, right? They have added features, like some of the, the, the force feedback and motion and whatever, but the basic form factor of a PlayStation controller is almost unchanged. And I kind of can appreciate that for like, you know, you know, you don't have to feel like you're buying a new, you know, your new console is like, well, now how do I work all this stuff? And like all my old games, like how do I play anything? And like, you just have that familiarity there with a good old standard PlayStation controller. And I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. I will say though, I am really bad at the double joysticks. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe that's not necessarily true anymore because now I've had years to figure that out with the say, Switch. You yeah, the Switch and like Breath of the Wild and stuff like that has yes, been double joystick for a while. But that was my big thing is that I, there have been some games that I've tried out on PlayStation that <laughs> Alex is laughing because <laughs> it's the kind of stupid trope that like I'll be running pointed up at the ceiling or like turning way too fast and like I'm so bad at it and maybe it's time to try again that I just I felt like PlayStation was always so like sensitive in the controls you can turn down the sensitivity well but won't that mess it up for you I'll just change your settings back it's fine Aww. <laughs> that's true love Alex right likes I'll, te- I'll teach you <laughs> don't, don't worry that is a good point. Yeah, PlayStation controllers have had the dual joystick for a, for a bit now, and Xbox as well. And Nintendo, it hasn't been really kind of standard until fairly recently, you know. So yeah, it did. I did. I I did take some getting used to on on some of my games that are on my list. That um, the only games I have to talk about really are ones that are also available on Switch. So that's the, that's how yep. I know them. But I know they're PlayStation games as well. Um, but yeah, I I hear you, Shannon. Yeah. I had to do some practicing to figure out the dual joystick thing, but I'm getting it. It's getting there. <laughs> anyway, we should we should jump in. Let's talk about some yeah, games. Let's talk games. Alex, you have the longest list. Do you want to kick it off with, with something? Uh, I don't even know where to start. Or <laughs> I can kick one off. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Aaron. Go. Okay. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on my games, again, because I don't own a PlayStation. The beauty of the, of the modern consoles now is that there are more and more games that are available for every console. So the first one I'll just mention briefly, I already talked about on the Switch episode, uh, but that was like in January. So, you know, 
whatever, uh, is a game called The Outer Worlds, which uh, came out in 2019, and it actually was one that released originally for PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One uh, in October of 2019, and then came to the Switch in June of 2020. So it wasn't a long wait. Because the Switch is not as powerful graphically as, you know, PS4, and definitely not as powerful as a PS5, uh, sometimes we have to wait a long time for these ports. Uh, but this one was, was pretty recent, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure the graphics are so much nicer on a PlayStation. I would love to see it on a PlayStation. <laughs> I should I should look up some Twitch videos or something of people playing it on, you know, advanced uh, uh, hardware as opposed to Switch. But either way, the game was very, very fun. And uh, as I, I mentioned back uh, in January when we talked about it, uh, it's a first-person perspective uh, action role-playing game. You play as a character who uh, was basically aboard ship that you were in like sort of like a cryo sleep or whatever and you were on you were on your way to this new settlement in this group of planets out in deep space you've left earth and you're going off to this new area and somewhere along the way your ship i can't remember the details actually if it was disabled or attacked or something anyway the ship was lost and uh so the rest of the convoy or whatever went ahead and like settled on these planets and moons and whatever terraformed some of them and the whole thing is all like uh like corporate owned right all of the expeditions all of the things it's all very much like paid for by the company and corporate you know overseeing and stuff anyway and, and the game starts where your character who has been lost whatever basically wakes up and there's like a kind of a mad scientist sort of guy who has has found you and woken you up and you have to navigate this uh set of worlds and uh all of the weirdness that's there and there's like you know political intrigue and like crazy monsters on these planets and stuff and uh it's a it's a very good game i really really enjoyed it in fact i i uh played all the way through it and i uh it's a game that i feel like i would like to play through again it was a really enjoyable game good action there's you know some of the first person shooter type of stuff there's some you know, melee combat, there's good storylines, and uh, yeah, just a, a really fun game. Nice. I I think I'm going to go pick it up. I've heard a lot about that game, but have not played it yet. Very, I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, really good. And in fact, let me, let me find real quick. I spent about... It's like 30 bucks on Steam right now for people who are interested. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, I just look at my notes here. It took me about 45 to 50 hours to play through the whole thing. So it's not like a crazy long game. And I actually did, I, there, you can play different difficulty settings. And because I'm kind of a wimp and I just want the, like the fun and the story, I played it on like easy story mode is what they call it. So like, it's like the easiest settings and just so you can like explore all the different story options and stuff. So, but yeah, they're like, nice. like 50 hours ish. So not, not crazy long. Well, my first, I, I had to just make a random choice. First one on my list is a lovely game called Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, also, honorable mention, the sequel game in that series, Horizon Forbidden West. But Horizon Zero Dawn is what really just like sold me on this game. It came out in 2017, made by Guerrilla Games. It originally came out for the PlayStation 4. It's a very futuristic world where there are robots that have taken the forms of different animals and dinosaurs, especially, which is like the funnest part of it. And you play a character named Aloy, who is cool this, as heck. She's awesome. She's <laughs> rad. She is a, a, hunt, a huntress who is able to like take down all these robotic 
animals and dinosaurs and that kind of stuff. I'm being very careful because I don't want to spoil anything, but like the really cool story talks about how we got to this. Like, so, so she, Aloy, and like all of the people who exist use primitive weapons like bows and slingshots and stuff like that. Uh, but all these monsters are just completely robotic. And so, like, you kind of learn why they are this way and why we have digressed as a society to be that kind of thing. Um, but you're kind of learning about who you are and learning about your place in the world and that kind of stuff. Really fun game. Highly recommend. I've played through uh, the first game, Zero Dawn, twice just because I played through it once and then I wanted to platinum it. So I had to play through it a harder difficulty <laughs> and I had to get all of the collectibles I guess for those who don't know, platinuming a game <laughs> in in PlayStation terms is where you get every trophy available, every collectible in game. Uh, yeah, 100% of the game completed. There, right? there is, well, there is two different things. There is 100%ing the game and there is platinuming the game. I don't know the difference. And platinum <laughs> is getting every trophy. Uh, 100%ing is getting every collectible and every possible item and every upgrade. And I've done both for Horizon Zero Dawn. Wow, that's impressive. Is, yeah. it, is it a spoiler to talk about the map? No, I don't think so. Zero Dawn that's one of my favorite things takes about place it. in like the western area of the United States. And so like there are areas from Utah, Nevada, Idaho, uh Yellowstone is in yeah There's Yellowstone like is in the first game and then the second game is in the west so you're in San Francisco like you can run around on the Golden Gate Bridge and that kind of stuff so it's definitely not like geographically correct like you can run in a couple hours in game from like Utah to uh like Yellowstone <laughs> which doesn't make sense, but <laughs> but it is beautiful. It's a really beautiful game. Like It's kind of what made us go to Bryce Canyon a couple years ago. It's I was playing definitely the, what made us go to Bryce Canyon. <laughs> I was playing Canyon. the game, and I was running around down in Bryce Canyon in the game, and we're like, you know, we haven't been to Bryce Canyon in a long time. Well, we're like, this Let's is this so weekend. beautiful. I want to go explore that. <laughs> and so we really went, and yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. Well, and I I loved, though, that there's people on the internet, because of course there are, that like really were able to sort of map out the in-game oh, map yeah. with the real world. And so like Alex would be playing, and I would be like, okay, wait, let me see where that is in real life. And like he would go places, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that Karcha settlement is right here. Or like... <laughs> <laughs> the Provo, Utah temple, like the Mormon temple... <laughs> Is in the game. Is it really? Yeah, it is, is in the game. It has been taken wow. over by a bunch of bandits, and their hideout is oh, the no. temple. <laughs> it's funny. I most of my list, I will say, most of my list are games that I love watching Alex play. That there are so many that have such a rich story. Alex is really good at games, so it's like very conducive of just like watching a movie, pretty much. Until I'm not, and I just get super frustrated and start swearing. <laughs> looking at you, Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel like that is something that PlayStation really excels at is having these games that are very rich in story and like you had mentioned graphics that are so cool and so there are a couple games on my list that they they're mostly on there because either I loved watching Alex play them or they're the games that looked so good that I'm gonna have to like solidly give a PlayStation a try again <laughs> <laughs> the only one on my list 
that is actually a favorite because I played it and I loved it is Overwatch that I know we have talked about before. Came out in 2016 for PS4. Uh, it's a Blizzard game and I wanted <laughs> I wanted to love it on PlayStation so badly and this is where <laughs> I was running around gun pointed anywhere but where I wanted it to <laughs> and then in 2019 it was released for Switch and it was a, it's a cross plat it was oh it was a cross platform game I think it is still but it's It just- is still but it's not Overwatch anymore I'll get there but <laughs> it was a cross platform game so like we <laughs> Aaron we got you to buy it I think we got Sean to buy it mm-hmm. and then with me and Alex me and Alex played it together online all the time and we played it all together the four of us a number of times and it was so much fun and overwatch has since the servers have shut down because now there's overwatch 2 which is a free download actually but overwatch 2 is kind of it kind of gets mixed reviews and i feel like we kind of are right alongside all of those that there's a lot of stuff about it that is really cool and there's new characters that are awesome but it just isn't quite the same as original Overwatch and a big part of that is that they kind of changed how they were funding things so they took out loot boxes which were free things you could unlock that would have like skins for like different like outfits and colors and stuff that your characters could wear to now being more pay to play like the game itself is free but there's more stuff that you would have to like pay for if you don't want to grind a ton of hours in the game I never said for any, if we didn't say it before, Overwatch is a team-based multiplayer first-person shooter, but it's kind of, it's not like a Call of Duty, Modern Warfare kind of sh- first-person shooter. Like, it's kind of cartoony and not more than kind of, it's car- it's a cartoony game. Yeah, very stylized. Yeah. yeah so, like, I don't know. It's- but it's, like, not just guns either. It'll be, like, my favorite character is Reinhardt, who just swings a hammer. Like Yeah, Genji's got shurikens. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, but I love all of the characters because the basic premise of this game, oh, I'm going to butcher. Alex, tell <laughs> tell the well, audience. I don't know. It's like <laughs> the thing that's disappointing in my mind now about Overwatch. And don't let don't let me like turn you off. Like because it's free to play, you can go download it. Give it a try yourself. But they were supposed to re- release Overwatch 2 with a huge story mode and a whole bunch more yeah. content and that just got scrapped more and more and more until they basically just like released the same game but different slightly different yeah Yeah. i've heard that the story mode is still maybe coming but it's just like well there was supposed to be story mode then they said no story mode now it's going to be player versus environment and overwatch 2 came out three years ago sure i I don't remember maybe a couple years ago but still haven't gotten that player versus environment yeah overwatch 2 actually came out in 2022 uh it was announced in 2019 and that's when they were saying like there's going to be like a story mode Uh and there's going to be a co-op whatever and a lot of that has not materialized yet no well and it has such a rich lore that there are like little short films that you can see online there's like comic series to go with some of it that Basically, the premise is that there was like this sort of war with machines. That's a very like oversimplified way of phrasing it. But we have this group of heroes that used to be together back in the day. They had disbanded when the world didn't really need them. And so that's like literally the opening of the first Overwatch is Winston, one of the characters, saying that we need to get Overwatch back together again. So you have all these heroes from all over the world with very talented voice actors and I don't know. It it lends itself so well to having a good story mode. So yeah. it's a shame they don't have it. 
Either way, I love Overwatch. That's all. It is a great game. And yeah, it's 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 been a fun one for me to play. And again, I played it on Switch, which this was one that had a three-year gap. It came out for PlayStation 4 in 2016. Didn't come out for the Switch till 2019. But yes, as soon as it came out, I went and bought it. I will say this was very funny. So I went and bought, uh, I didn't buy it on the App Store because, uh, you know, all the game consoles now have their online game stores. You can do direct downloads. I went to the store and bought uh, the, like the the game case because I, I think I, had a, I found that a good sale or something. It was around Black Friday or something like that. I found a, a good deal. I opened up the case and there was no game cartridge. It just said, use this code to download. So, <laughs> so it was just an empty case that had no purpose aside from something Funny. to go on the shelf at Target or whatever, wherever it was I bought it. Um, that made me laugh. <laughs> That's funny. But it is a good game. Uh, my biggest complaint with Overwatch 2 is the way they reworked Bastion, who used to be my favorite character. He's not as good now. <laughs> but nah. the the game is still a fun one. I I do still play it from time to time, and uh, it's good. Yeah. And I'm 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 hopeful that they reconsider and bring some of this other stuff back because that'd be really fun. I just wish you could like play Overwatch One still. That's the thing is you can't go back and play the old way. You can't play with like Bastion the way you liked, or McCree or Reinhardt the way I liked. Yeah, because they reworked them as well, and they made them not as fun for me to play. I don't know. When they shut down the old server. Yeah. So. Well, in the original one game of the year, right? Yeah. The original Overwatch one game of the year in 2016. Yeah. Uh, That's a good game, despite some of the bummers (laughs) in development for the new one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Aaron. My, oh, my turn? Okay. Um, let's see. Again, the game I talked about before, but I want to shout out again, uh, is a game called Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch. And this is a game that originally was for the PlayStation 3 uh, that was ported to the Switch that I got to play much later. Actually, in fact, the game very originally was for the Nintendo DS in Japan. And then like a month later, it came out for the PlayStation 3 in Japan. It came out uh, here in the United States like a year or two later. So I've talked about it before, but it's a very fun uh, fantasy game. The artwork and a lot of the cutscenes in the game are animated by Studio Ghibli, which gives it just such a cool, like, fairy tale fantasy kind of vibe, like we were talking about with our anime movies episode. Like, Ghibli has such a unique look that is so fun and and kind of has that, that fantasy element of it. And uh, it's just a, a great game and a really, really good soundtrack by, of course, Joe Ishii. And uh, it's, it's a fun game. That's one that I've sunk about 70-ish, maybe 80-ish hours into. Uh, so there's a lot of content in the game, but I really, really enjoy it. And because it is an older one, you can often pick it up uh, on sale for a pretty good deal. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, I talked about it once before, so I don't, I don't need to go into detail, but it's it's a very good one. This There was a sequel that was, uh, I heard, not great, so I didn't download it, but <laughs> the original is very good. Oh, there was a remastered version that came out in 2019 for PlayStation 4, if you're interested. Well, the next game that I was going to talk about is Spider-Man. And I'm going to kind of do a a grouping with Spider-Man because I have so many. So I've got to group as many as possible together. Um, (laughs) But call back to the original Spider-Man, I guess not. So Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2 um, that released back in 2000. And two. That's um, a lot of twos. No, sorry. 2004. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping it was two. <laughs> such a great game. Like, the web-slinging mechanics to it were so much fun. Um, I had so much fun just, like, sl- swinging through New York, fighting iconic Spider-Man heroes. And uh, Spider-Man villains, thank you. As the iconic hero, Spider-Man. But 
when I when I was able to play the Spider-Man game for PS4, uh, released in 2018 by Insomniac Games, brought me so much nostalgia. Like, like I broke down and like I think I cried when I first played it. <laughs> you were really having a good day. I was having <laughs> awesome. such a good day. But yeah, it came out uh, for the PS4, and I've played it on the 4 and the PlayStation 5. Such a really fun game. Also, Spider-Man Miles Morales are also by Insomniac. Really good game as well. You're you're playing as Spider-Man or as Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, swinging around New York. You've got like very good iconic villains like Taskmaster and kingpin i'm like drawn blanks right now but it's, it's so much fun and the like i said for the first for for, or for playstation 2 spider-man 2 the mechanic for web slinging is really fun the physics are really cool and i'm really stoked that the second spider-man game is coming out later this year that one looks very fun as well but yeah. Nice. I've heard nothing but good about the Spider-Man games for PlayStation. And I mean, honestly, like when, when the most recent ones have come out, every time one comes out, all my friends are like, oh my gosh, have you been playing this game? It's crazy. And like every time I'm like, man, I wish I had a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. I have so many reasons to buy one. I don't know why I haven't yet. It's very good. And uh, I have uh, platinumed and 100%ed the first Spider-Man game, not the Miles Morales yet. <laughs> Nice. But it's on my list. Well, and I do appreciate that they've kind of canonized a lot of it. The feast, was it a homeless shelter or like a food bank? Yeah, both. Both. That originated in the game, didn't it? And it's like in one of the movies now. They I mean, referenced at least. Uh, the Spider-Man Insomniac game Spider-Man is in Into the across, the Spider-Verse. across the Spider-Verse. And so cool. he's like, he's just hanging out right there. And I just like nerd out so much. But like, well, And in the trailer, it showed the suit from that game and you're like it's from the game like <laughs> yeah it's such a good suit too like if you've seen the the red and blue suit but with the white spider logo that's like all across the chest oh yeah that's the one yeah. from the game and you'll see it if you watch the movie uh across the spider that's but yeah awesome. really really fun games highly recommend you pick those up um you can get like all kinds of different suits in both games too and I just love collecting, love collecting skins in games. And this one does not disappoint. There's like 20 some mod skins for different spider suits and stuff. Really fun. Yeah. Nice. Well, next on my list of games, the one that would be one of the ones to definitely get me to play for real someday is the game Stray, which is about a cat. <laughs> you, you play <laughs> you play as a stray cat. And when I got it for Alex, I had kind of started watching him and I immediately went to the internet and looked up every single spoiler because I was like, I am not going to watch you play this game if it is going to make me cry. <laughs> like, is the cat going to be okay? <laughs> you and Stephanie both. Yeah. You, if anything bad happens to an animal, I mean, it messes me up too, but at least I, I'm, I'm in for the surprise. You guys are both like, nope. Tell me now. Nah, I don't want to deal with it nope. if there's sadness. <laughs> well, and Fair. like I will say, like the first little bit of the game, setting up your world and everything, it's very sad. Like not in a like the animals are getting hurt or dying or anything kind of way, but it just, it's very heartwarming. So yeah, like the back of the game says, lost, alone, and separated from family, a stray cat must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long-forgotten city. So you like, I mean, semi-spoiler alert, you just, you get separated from your cat family in the beginning, and it's very sad, but then you make a new family of robot robots. People? Can I say that? Is that a spoiler? <laughs> no, you it's make because a family it was like in the trailers and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. 
And you can, like, it's got such, also, speaking of game mechanics, you can make biscuits. You can <laughs> tear up people's carpets. You can rub up against people's legs. Like, you can do everything that you can imagine a cat doing in real life. That is nice. <laughs> I it like very, that. very, very cute. Came out in 2022, and one of my favorite details about it that I learned semi-recently is that they did motion capture on cats. <laughs> Like there's there's videos of cats with the little dots on them in a studio <laughs> against a green screen, just running around, and they're chasing down cats with cameras. I love that so to do the mocap for it. Oh. And they they said that the hardest thing to to port into the game was the cats' tails because they're just 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 swaying randomly and stuff. Interesting, huh? That must have been yeah. the funnest day at work, just like oh, I bet, or stressful. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was a relatively short game, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you did it in like one night, I think, or two. It was, Maybe I think, two nights, but weren't very like long nights. Um, but it was, it was definitely worth it. Like, I'd highly recommend it. And yeah, because it is a short game, it's not very expensive. If you, yeah, it's it's not like the typical seventy bucks of games nowadays. But if you play it on PC, you can actually mod it. And skin it like the cat that you might have like at home, so you don't have to have oh. the same skin. You can you can skin it like one of your cats or something like That's that. That's really cool. Which you gotta be extra careful you then, be careful if because if you die in game, oh, no. you will cry. <laughs> yeah. Is it my turn? I, I'm losing track so much. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's your turn. Okay. Uh, another game I want to talk about, which I honestly can't remember if I've talked about this one before, uh, is a game called Air Conflicts Pacific Carriers. It's a combat flight simulator game uh, that's based, obviously, in the Pacific theater of World War II. It's a really, really fun game. Uh, I, on our PC games episode, talked about a game called Hellcats Over the Pacific, which is a very good, very early, uh, primitive 1991 flight simulator game. But the thing that was so fun about it is that because these are World War II planes, it, the controls, they're not easy to fly, but the controls are much more simplified as opposed to, you know, trying to fly a, a modern fighter jet with all their computerized electronics and stuff. I feel like Air Conflicts really captures the same vibe of the simplicity of the controls. You get like a lot of the good like dog fights and stuff that are really fun to do. The game originally came out for PlayStation 3 in 2012 uh, and then was finally ported to the Switch in 2019. So there was a, a long gap there. It's a, actually a part of a series of games. There's a Air, Air Conflicts as an original game and an Air Conflicts Secret Wars, which I also have and, and enjoy. But the Pacific Carriers one is very good. It is definitely, you know, you have to be into flight simulators to enjoy the game, uh, which I am. But it's kind of cool, the different campaign modes and stuff that you go through. Uh, the thing that I will say, the one thing that made me a little uncomfortable with the game is you can do uh, campaigns as both the Americans and the Japanese. And if you play as the Japanese, like the first or second level, you're bombing Pearl Harbor. That Ooh. made me uncomfortable to play <laughs> that level. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to I be bet. honest, that was a little much. But other than that, <laughs> the game was very good and, and features a lot of uh, real world battles from World War II. You, you uh, fight in the Battle of Midway. Uh, you support landing troops in Okinawa. You do you do a lot of different things that actually, you know, you can go read about in the history books. But it's a very fun game to play. Uh, really good kind of uh, physics engine to it and a, a wide variety of uh, historical planes you can fly, which is really fun. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. My next game in uh, the, what I was going to talk about is the God of War games. Also kind of broad. I have played all of, well, 
I guess not the I haven't played the mobile games, but I've played all six of the God of War games, but mostly focusing on the latest two. So number five and number six. Um, That is the 2018 God of War for the PS4 that won game of the year that year, actually. And the 2022 God of War Ragnarok. Um, And these games are very different than the first four games in the series. The first four dealt with uh, Greek mythology, but spoiler alert, in the fourth one, you kill Zeus, and so that's the end. Wow. You made it through all of them. <laughs> you made it through all of them. You kill pretty much all of them. Uh, and so he uh, doesn't really explain how, but he ends up in Norse mythology, and that's what <laughs> that's where we pick up in the 2018 God of War. But the whole like game mechanics change, it changes from like uh, more like top-down third person is it i think it's still third person if it's like sort of top i don't know i think so yeah i should have looked it up but uh to more like a close third person and being able to like get more like skill trees and stuff like that when you become a father and you become a father (laughs) kratos becomes Mm. a family man yeah uh i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with uh kratos uh referring to his son as boy from the 2018 movie Boy. (laughs) but yeah both games are just beautiful the the soundtrack by bear mccreary is like to die for I do not say this lightly. It is one of the most beautiful soundtracks I have ever heard. Wow. It is so epic and incredible and of any of anything or just of video games. I think of anything. I the would Ragnarok agree. The Ragnarok soundtrack is amazing. It is. That's awesome. Like we have a record of two of the songs. Nice. And like when the second game came out, they had this big giant box that you could buy that had a hammer named Mjolnir. That uh, and like just a bunch of other like swag that I was definitely like, oh, I have to have this. See, you say that, but you were like, oh, it's so expensive. I don't need to have this. And I bought it for you anyway. And you were a kid at Christmas. You were like, oh, look at this. Look at that. That's true. (laughs) That's great. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's really, really good game series. Really good storyline. Uh, it is definitely rated mature for blood and gore, intense violence, and strong language. But if if you don't mind those things, then I highly recommend them. And so do a lot of people because, you know, the first one won Game of the Year. Nice. Yeah. Aaron, I just sent you the main theme song. Crank it up in some headphones and... You will thank me later. I will do it. Oh, it's so good. Bear McCreary, what else has he done? Because he uh, did Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. He did the that's soundtrack right. for Rings that's of Power. That's where I recognize the name. Also incredible. He did okay. uh, right. the TV I'm show sold. Outlander. Oh, he did uh, Witcher Blood Origin. Yeah, because that was the other thing that came out recently. Mm, and okay. Pause cool. of Fury. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I will say you don't have to. You don't have to have played the other games to start on the God of War from 2018. It doesn't like, they just like briefly drop stuff about being in like Greece and stuff like that, but you don't have to have played them. Cool. Well, I'm I'm up. I'm after you. Okay. Uh, My next one, the last of my list of ones that I need to give the PlayStation another try is Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Ooh, yes. Alex is currently playing through Jedi Survivor, and before it came out, he replayed through Jedi Fallen Order. The story Second is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> the story for both, I really enjoy. 
we're big old Star Wars nerds. We've really established that. Um, but <laughs> like we've talked about it before as a family. I think what makes it so extra cool is I love following the stories of other people within the Star Wars universe. So our main character is Cal Kestis. Spoiler alert, he's a Jedi that survived Order 66 and has a lot of trauma from that and is now being hunted down by the Inquisit Inquisitors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, you know, are basically Sith Jedi hunters. And so Which we've seen them in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. That's true. Yeah, that is what I think is part of what is so cool with these video games is that they have made it into the movies. And I just, in general, I think that's really cool that the TV shows, the movies, and now the game are all kind of starting to blur together. That BD-8, who is arguably BD one, one of... What? BD-1. I'm sorry. You've mixed BB-8 BD and BD-1. There's just so many cute little robots in there. Yep. Yeah, BD, BD-1 is arguably one of my favorite droids. He, he is, is so my favorite. cute. He's great. He does little tippy-tappies, and yes. he sometimes sits down <laughs> on his little bum with his feet in front of him. Well, and you guys do like a little elbow bump sometimes. Yep. He's, he's just so nice. <laughs> BD is great. Um, But yeah, he made it into, what, The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett or both? It's um, probably not the same BD unit, yeah, but, but it's it like is a the BD. droid. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like the storyline is really cool. The characters are awesome. You get to customize your own lightsaber. So And your own poncho. <laughs> Let's not forget the poncho. <laughs> the the actor. It's a big deal for the actor who plays Cal Kestis. Yes. But yeah, it's it's really cool. And I love watching Alex play it. And I I want to play it, so I need to get good, as they say. For those of you wondering, uh if you can pet the dog, yes. In the second game, you can pet BD-1. You, can, you have a controller, a button on your controller where you can turn and give him a little head pat. Yeah, that's wonderful. Can't you also pet the Boglings? Yes, you can pet the Boglings in the second game. So oh. just that that's what you have to look forward to. That's <laughs> wonderful. This is a game that I, I have watched a lot of play online, partly because I actually got to work on Jedi Fallen Order, which was so much fun. And so, yeah, when it was coming out, it was like, I got to see how this all came together. And course i have no playstation so i had to go to twitch or whatever but i watched so much gameplay and this game is so cool just yeah it's really awesome that i love is, i love seeing your name in the credits <laughs> it's pretty yeah, fun it is a fun thing in the in all the playstation games i was like hey look it's aaron <laughs> I, it's pretty it's pretty fun yeah <laughs> but yeah i'll agree with you shannon it's, it's really fun to see things that kind of fill in the gaps in the movies that we have in star wars you know like after uh between episode three and episode four there's what 20 years, 18 years, something like that. There's a big gap. And like, we know that like some Jedi survived, like, you know, whatever. And so it's really cool to kind of get that glimpse into, you know, well, what was going on? What, let's hear the story of one of these survivors and what, what that world uh, or what that galaxy was like in that, in that time period. So it's really fun. I really enjoy seeing these, seeing these stories be told. Yeah. And especially in a video game, because you can have such an interactive uh, experience with it. It's not just watching, which I, I don't say that to put it down because watching so many of these shows is really great, but like video game gives you that extra level of interaction, which is fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, on my honorable mention list is Star Wars Battlefront 2 and there's a, a, a Jedi holocron that you find that makes a very, very brief blink and you miss it appearance in Star Wars The Last Jedi and you Ooh, see cool. that holocron that like Luke had saved um, in that game. That's very cool. The Ewok level of that game freaked me out. <laughs> that was a fun game. <laughs>
The last one I want to talk about just briefly uh, is a game called Everspace. The game came out in 2017 uh, for Xbox, actually. It was an Xbox original, and then came to the PlayStation 4 in 2018 and Switch later in 2018. It's a space shooter game, and it's it's an interesting concept. So, you know, like a in a tower defense game where... You battle and you lose, and then you use whatever like currency you've accrued to like buy upgrades, and that way the next time you play you get further, and then you die eventually, and you use the you know you upgrade and you get further and further. It's that kind of game, but it's in like a three dimensional space setting. So you're the pilot of this ship, and it, it even it's funny I pulled it up on Wikipedia. It even says in this game the player is expected to die. With each death they spend their earned <laughs> credits toward perks, which in turn facilitate their following run. So. Yeah, that's the whole point is the first time you play the game, you maybe get through uh, a sector or two and you die and then you upgrade and then you get a little further and then you die and you upgrade. And so the whole the whole point is that you're in this spaceship and a lot of times these these sectors that you're in jumping back and forth, you have to, you know, shoot these asteroids or sometimes there's space pirates and whatnot. And as you either destroy these these asteroids or or fight with space pirates or or whatever the thing may be, you collect these different resources that facilitate you being able to jump to the next sector. And of course, the further the further you jump, the more sectors you get to, the more strong your opponents get or the more high stakes things are. Also, the more currency you can earn and the more you start understanding the story of why do I keep coming back after I die and blow up? Like, I, it's me again. Why am I back here again? Again, you know, like, is this like a weird, like, you know, Groundhog Day loop or what is going on? <laughs> and slowly the game unfolds as you get further and further. You meet different NPCs. You you un- unravel more of the story. Uh, so I thought it was a very fun game and I have not beaten it because it's a, it's a long, long way to go on playing it. But yeah, it's definitely a fun game and uh, uh, one that goes on sale pretty frequently. You can get it for pretty inexpensive. Uh, I feel like I maybe spent. 20 bucks, 15 or 20 bucks when on, on sale one time. So it's, it's very reasonable, nice. reasonable game. And as long as you're okay with repetition, I feel like it's a very fun game. Nice. My turn. Yep. That's all I got. That is all of my list. <laughs> so all go right. for it. All right. My next one is a game that has come out for multiple platforms, including the switch. And that is elder scrolls five Skyrim. Ah, uh, Yes. Uh, the Epic Fantasy, very good game, came out, I believe, originally in 2011, and it has had several remasters and uh, deluxe editions released and that kind of stuff, but it is a game that I have played through. I've never, like, 100%ed it because there is a lot of side quests, a lot of story, and a huge world, but it's just so fun to, like, get back in and start playing it again and it's one that i pick up very often and i've bought and I, i've purchased uh that was bad i've purchased i like bottom <laughs> three <laughs> different copies of it because i bought it um originally for the ps3 i bought a remastered version for the ps4 and i bought a version for the switch so that i could play while i poop <laughs> just say so you can have a portable version so i have a portable version <laughs> so you can play on the toilet <laughs> Yep, I can play on the toilet. I think that's great. That's the new magazine. Yeah, the new magazine is uh, Skyrim on the Switch. But yeah, it's a really good game. Uh, If you're into like high fantasy, magic, dragons, that kind of stuff, I would definitely recommend picking up Skyrim. It's not a new game by any means. The graphics 
even though they like remaster it and stuff like that, uh, it's still not like, for example, the Insomniac Spider-Man game. But it is still just so fun to come back into because you've got so many different skill trees. You can you can start out maybe as a D&D class barbarian or something like that. But you always, for some reason, end up uh, putting all your points into sneak and archery because you can just shoot things from afar and it's so much easier. <laughs> I've, that's I've like my played style. through. I like that. I've played through several <laughs> times. I'm always like, okay, I'm gonna do a new, a new style, and like I'll, I'll have a sword and shield this time. And then I always like get so frustrated with dying so much that I'm just like, all right, all my points into sneak and archery. <laughs> nice. Here's a fun story. I really liked watching Alex play the game Uncharted Three. Um, Uncharted is Indiana Jones, the video game. <laughs> 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 Which is a very simple way of saying that, but the audience will understand this game now. I don't think he ever says it belongs in a museum, though. No, because <laughs> Nathan's all about stealing the things, not... Yeah, I mean... He's he a start, treasure hunter, he not... He started out as a thief and treasure hunter, not yeah. really like a... It belongs in a museum. But he's got the khakis and the canvas the shirt. Hen- the Henley. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... I'm well, this is tangenty. Anyway, I really liked watching Alex play Uncharted 3, and it was when we were newly wed, <laughs> and Alex was playing this game, and I would sit and watch him. And at some point, the poor boy just kept playing his game, and I came home from work or something, and I was like, Wait, you were playing without me? What happened? <laughs> like, it was as though he was watching a TV show that we were watching together, and then he kept watching it without me. That's not what was happening. He was playing his game and enjoying it. But I like gave him so guff invested. about it that I was like, wait, no, I missed it. What happened? So he had to find a different game to play. So he could only play that one while I watched because the story was really good. Yeah, so. they're, they're fun games. They've got really good storylines. They've got really good like i'm trying to think of like chase slash fight scenes uh it's got really good cinematography for yeah it's really good uh and as the game like if you've seen the the movie that came out with tom holland where he played nathan drake they do sort of some of those like scenes where uh he was fighting while the stuff was flying out of the back of an airplane and stuff like that but they do these scenes where you're like slowly crossing the cargo that has fallen out of the back of a cargo jet type stuff. And they, as the games progressed, like the first game, it was on a bunch of like a convoy of trucks. And in the second game, it was, you were on the back of a, a train and slowly train cars were like blowing up and stuff like that. And then the third one was the the airplane scene that, that you see in the, in the movie, but very good games, very good storyline. Uh, I've played all four uncharted games i have uh of the four that are like numbered and i have in front of me uncharted the lost legacy but i haven't played it yet nice so it's on my list better wait for me to be around <laughs> <laughs> all right i will <laughs> nice i dig it also can i just say i feel the pain of having a backlog of games to get to <laughs> There's so many, like, there's so many good games, and it's different from, like, oh, I need to watch this movie or whatever that you can knock out in two hours. Like, a lot of these games are more involved, and so it's easy for them to build up and be like, oh, I got to play this one next, and I want to play this one next. And, like, you're so excited to do it, but it's also, like, a significant chunk of time to get into. 
And there's also the the love and nostalgia for a certain game where you're like, I want to go back and play that game so much, but I'm yeah. like, but I have a backlog. I can't play a game that I love so much because I have a backlog right now. It's true. Yeah. No, I I, I feel you for sure. Like even on, on my Switch, like I'll sit and play Animal Crossing, even though I've got like three games that I haven't even started yet. But, you know, <laughs> I got to play my Animal Crossing because I love it so much. And, you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any more you wanted to talk about in detail? I thought it was Aaron next. Or you're done, Aaron. Aaron. Well, I'll just, I will say just a quick shout out, not that I have hardly any detail to to go into, is a a game called Genshin Impact that I do want to shout out. Yeah. I did play it briefly because the game uh, came out in 2020 uh, for PlayStation 4 and also iOS, which I thought was a very interesting combination. There's there's like an iPhone version of it. I played it briefly, but I'm just like really bad at playing like involved games that have like touchscreen controls like i feel like yeah. for a game that's a, that's as in, involved and, it, and it's very optimized for ios but but i just for me personally I, like i need a controller for a lot of these like complex games it's not like you know tapping you know candy crush or something yeah but genshin impact i've watched a lot of gameplay uh it came out in 2020 for ps4 and uh, i think windows and ios uh it came out for playstation 5 in 2021 wikipedia says it's set for release for switch i want to call bs on that because <sighs> When they announced the game, they were like, it'll be coming to Switch soon. That was three years ago. And they still are like, it's coming to Switch soon. Like, come on, guys. It's been three years. Just say it's not coming to Switch anymore. Like, don't get our hopes up. I was just like reading some articles about that. I'll look that up regularly of like, do we have an update about Genshin to Switch yet? I know, because I want it. Yeah, I want a lot of... The stuff I've seen is like, oh, well, they're waiting for it to be able to handle like a heavier gameplay that there's so much content and stuff to it. But a lot of people were like, yeah, exactly. Like they're waiting for the operating system of the Switch to get updated or this or that or whatever. And and a lot of people were like, no, that's that's just an excuse because there's a lot of stuff on Switch that they've been able to optimize with just like, oh, yeah, dimming the graphics or doing whatever. So it's like, eh, no, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. But Genshin Impact is a beautiful game. It's like a, it's this beautiful, like truly open world game where you can like it's this vast, huge map and you can go just anywhere and explore and all these different quests you can go on and people you meet and I just think like the look of it and the graphics are so pretty and the music is so nice and and it just so I just I wanted to shout out like Genshin Impact such a cool game that I've watched a lot of gameplay of and I'm excited to play it someday. <laughs> someday. I did read on Wikipedia, though, that as of September of 2022, Genshin has grossed nearly $3.6 billion, uh, which represents the highest ever first-year launch revenue of any video game. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Wow. My next one that I wanted to do a little bit more than just honorable mention is The Witcher 3. Such a beautiful game for the PlayStation 4. It came out in... 2016 and it's this massive open world adventure game where you play as Geralt of Rivia one of the last monster slayers for hire and this is a very true to the source materials true to the book game came out a long time before the tv show with Henry Cavill came out Uh, if you're if you're watching the Witcher tv series and you're like a little sad that Henry Cavill is leaving and you're like oh I don't really want to watch anymore uh, and you've already read the books, play Witcher 3 because it's a super good game. Uh, super fun. You have some magic with your signs. Uh, you have your swords. It's a very good collector game. Like if you're into the fantasy hoarding all of the potions type game, 
Very fun third-person monster hunting game. Plus, there's Gwent. There is Gwent. I am a sucker for in-game games. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there are several games, uh, including some that I've mentioned on my list, that have an in-game like card game or board game or something like that. Witcher has Gwent. Horizon has I don't know they have like a Looks board like chess. a board game that's sort of like chess like uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has uh, what is their game it's not Hanifatafel but I feel like it should have been uh, they've I don't know. anyway uh, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption just has plain old, plain old Texas Hold'em but I still love it <laughs> this card game Gwent in The Witcher I've like bought it in real life but you collect cards as you play the game and there's a whole storyline side quest in the game where you go like participate in this Gwent competition <laughs> and it's so fun I don't know you have to you have to have done it I, I regularly like t- joke with my friend Josh about how much we just love just getting on Witcher 3 just to play Gwent not even like hunt <laughs> monsters just to like play this card game in a video game I love that that's really fun uh, last game Uh, I want to talk about real quick is Fallout New Vegas um, made by Bethesda Games came out in 2010. Really fun game. I have played uh, Fallout 4 since then and uh, haven't played Fallout 76, but I've heard Fallout New Vegas is still the favorite of most people. I love it. I, I stand by that, that it is... One of my favorite games, it's a post-apocalyptic world where back in the 60s, I believe, there was like nuclear holocaust. And so like, but like the technology in the 60s was advanced, alternate timeline stuff. Uh, And so we had these fallout bunkers and this one was near Las Vegas and you wake up in your bunker and you are near New Vegas and there are, just like uh, the Horizon games, there are actual real-world locations like Prim and... Is Prim... I think Prim... Yeah, well, I, you were in Prim or Jean or something, whichever one it is that has, like, the big roller coaster. And I and was the like, roller hey, coaster it's that is place. in the game like, and everything. Oh, wow. And, like, it's really fun. But, yeah, I really like that game. Fun uh, first-person shooter-style game where you can have, like... Uh, you can have, like, rifles and stuff like that. But you can also have, like, laser guns and mini nukes and stuff wow. like that and you're dealing with these most of the the things that you're you're fighting off are things that were affected by the nuclear holocaust like rad roaches which are giant like dog-sized cockroaches or like mutants which are big huge people who were mutated and that kind of stuff but it's a very fun game nice now there's been a fair amount of fallout games is it's a do you need to have played any of the previous ones to get it, or can you just jump right into that one? You can just you. So like, they're all kind of standalone games. It's just kind of uh, that it's in it's it's in a new area, so you don't have to have. You can pick up New Vegas and get it completely. Nice. Well, cool. I dig it. Yeah. I. It's so funny. Like someday, w- one day when I finally buy a PlayStation, I've got like this huge backlog of games. Cause like, the, like all of the ones you've mentioned and like, there's so many that I've heard from so many people that are like these like incredible games. And like, 
Maybe that's the other problem of me getting a PlayStation is like, I will have no time ever after that because I'm going to have like so <laughs> many to catch up on. I should do it anyway. <laughs> do it anyway. Yes. Any others you want to you want to talk about? Mostly, the, the we'll, we'll do the rest of them as honorable mentions. All right. But I have a lot of those, so. I don't think you mentioned Assassin's Creed. <sighs> Crap, I have a stack of them, but I'd never even <laughs> mentioned Assassin's Creed. <laughs> okay. I have seven Assassin's Creed games here, and I forgot. <laughs> he just grabbed a fistful of games. <laughs> uh, of the ones that I've played, which is Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Revelations, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 2, <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed odyssey and assassin's creed valhalla <laughs> nice. really good games i i love them it's a really cool universe where uh there's this order of assassins and an order of templars that has remained constant through time and the templars are trying to take over the world through different means and force their totalitarian government on everyone uh, and become like gods and then the assassins are tasked with making sure that doesn't happen I and like, stopping the templars i also like how historically accurate i mean not any of the stuff that you just said but like <laughs> the, no, no, but like, like in world though how historically accurate a lot of these games are and how geographically accurate all of their maps yeah. are uh, people have said that they've managed to like map out a lot of like maneuver uh, like through Italy. Italy and stuff like that wow. by playing the Assassin's Creed games. That's crazy. In the second game, you hang out with Leonardo da Vinci and use his flying machines. <laughs> what? It's really fun. That's crazy. But yeah. Man. There's an Assassin's Creed game for every type of uh, historical thing you like. Like if you like ancient Italy, you can play that. If you like Gr uh, Greece during uh, the Romans and the Spartans, there's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Isn't if there you like, like a Revolutionary a War era one too? Yeah, uh -huh. that's Assassin's Creed 3 where you play as like a, a native or a half Native American guy who's trying to stop someone from the South who's one of the Templars. Wow. Well, there's um, pirates. There's, there's Vikings. Pirates, there's Vikings. There's. I thought there was a World War II, or am I thinking of the Revolutionary War one? Uh, do, do, do. I don't know if there's a World War II. There will be. There will be. <laughs> there's Egyptian. That's Assassin's Creed Origins. That was like the Egyptian one. And the next one that's coming out soon is Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is ancient feudal Japan. Ooh. Cool. You, might have to, you might have to get good at the PlayStation to play that one, Shannon. Yeah, but Assassin's Creed sometimes overwhelms me with blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> there, There's some moves in there that are... A little bit too much for me. You, the the takedowns are pretty fun and mm. a little bloody sometimes. You can probably turn off the blood, though. <laughs> well, okay, maybe. That's my, sorry, so long, extensive list. <laughs> Very well done. Sweet. Well, then, yeah, I guess uh, in that case, we can wrap it up. Uh, Alex, thanks again for joining, for saving us, <laughs> bailing us out for this topic. This is this is helpful. <laughs> I was glad to join. Thanks for thanks for having me again. Yeah, always glad to have you. We'll have to do it more often. But this is probably a good spot to wrap it up. Uh, as usual, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at thefavoriteshow at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at thefavoriteshowpodcast. Let us know your favorite PlayStation games from any of the PlayStations, <laughs> or even if you're like me and uh, don't have a PlayStation but have played some of the games on other platforms. We'd love to hear what your favorites are. Also, let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't feel like giving us a five-star rating, is it because I had, like, nothing to add to this topic? I had, like, <laughs> I was just, like, totally useless with this one. That's probably why. So don't give the five stars to me. Give them to Alex, who saved the day. <laughs> five stars for Alex, which in this week's case means five stars for the show. So <laughs> thanks, Alex. Yes. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Glad I can help. 
Well, I guess that'll do it. Until next week, my name's Aaron. I'm Shannon. And I'm Alex. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Cue the music. I already exhausted my list. Let's hear the honorable mentions from Alex. <laughs> All right. Elden Ring. Elden Ring is another From Software game. Beautiful game. One game of the year. 10 out of 10. Wolfenstein The New Order and Wolfenstein The Old Blood. I've heard those are good. Very good. Wolfenstein games are what if the Nazis won the war and it's future tech, but you have to fight off the Nazis. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy. You got to guard the galaxy. <laughs> So succinct on that one. Star Wars Battlefront 2. It's mostly a mass multiplayer online game where you are one of the armies fighting in one of the wars in the Star Wars universe, but there are also some story modes to it, and that's the one I was telling you about, that an item from it shows up in one of the movies. The Lego games, and mostly the Lego Star Wars games and the Lego Marvel games. Love those games. They're very cartoony and very Lego-y, but 10 out of 10. Had a fun time exploring Lego New York. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Red Dead Redemption, which is like cowboys, uh, and it's just cowboys. It's the cowboys, the video game. (laughs) Watch Dogs, which is the future, sort of future technology, and you are a hacker, and you're, you're hacking. You can hack a lot of stuff because... We're so advanced that everything is tech, which we're kind of progressing to that At the time of that game, it was that everything was so advanced. That game is very current now, and that kind of freaks me out, I'll be honest. (laughs) The infamous games, which is sort of superhero-esque, where you have like electric powers and you're a freerunner courier. Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4, which I don't, I've never really played the Call, I've never played the Call of Duty games, but Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4, very fun games. They were fun to play together, too. Yeah. Shannon, there was, briefly in Battlefield 3, there was a mode that Shannon could play with her iPad where she was like the eye in the sky that could like see the whole map and like call down drone strikes and stuff like that for me and it was very fun to play together. Cool. Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution, which was just like future game where you have like modifications, like robotic modifications to your body and you've got to fight off this totalitarian government. Star Wars The Force Unleashed, which is another of the Star Wars games. It's this timeline where Vader gets an apprentice to, uh, before he knows about Luke, to take down Palpatine and become the new ruler. The Apprentice turns on him. You are the Apprentice. Dishonored, which was a really cool, like, steampunk-esque game of sneaking and assassinating, and you had some magic and that kind of stuff. And a game that I used to play with my brothers on the PlayStation 2, which was MX versus ATV Unleashed. <laughs> and then, real quick, Marvel versus Capcom 3, The Fate of Two Worlds. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, just like I fighting, that one. fighting games. It was the Super Smash Bros for PlayStation. Nice. Yeah, the PlayStation All-Stars was Smash Bros, but PlayStation's attempt to catch that lightning in a bottle that Nintendo it was fun. had. Nice. And then from the older systems, I haven't played like 
any of the new games from these series, but Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, Crash Bandicoot, and Spyro the Dragon. Cool. If you if you have a game genre you like, come to me. And if you have a PlayStation, come to me and I'll give you some recommendations. Yes. Someday when I get my PlayStation, you're going to give me a long list. I'll just listen to this episode. <laughs> I'll play all of them. 